how can we continue to give more abundantly? Well, you have to multiply resources if you're going to be able to do that, right? So those two things have historically been disconnected, but we believe that they're intrinsically linked. The more money that we make, the more we can give, the more impact that we can make. Welcome back to the Investing with Purpose podcast, where we explore the intersection of success and significance. We discuss alternative investment options from our experience buying hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate, but most importantly, how we're using that business to impact people in a positive way to leave a legacy that matters. Let's get after it. Welcome in, Tribe. Today, you're going to learn what it looks like to invest with purpose with our good friend, Stephen Libin, and Passive Income Mastermind member, Stephen. So glad to have you, my friend. Yes. I love coming back and seeing your beautiful faces. <laughs> well, faith in finance is something that we're going to be breaking down today. If you struggle with really understanding how do you take the gifts, the talents that you've been given and steward them well, know where to put them, make sure they're connecting to the things that you want to do. Today's podcast is what you want to listen to. And Stephen, man, I've been watching you for a long time give and give gratefully and generously but for those people who don't know much about your background, if you haven't listened to episode 95 where Stephen talked about how to become recession resistant by investing in self-storage or the last episode just two years ago where he was talking about why it's more important to get return of your investment than return on your investment, you need to go listen to those. So Stephen, tell me why you changed the name of the company to Investing With Purpose from Integrity Holdings. Yeah, so it's really just a DBA, but I think it tells the story better, right? Because what we're doing is we're more focused on the why. So what's our why? And we know real estate is the what. That's the vehicle. But what's the why? And for us, we're Christian-owned and operated company. Not every one of our employees is, but Travis and I, who are the owners, are. And giving and giving abundantly to help grow the kingdom and save souls and to tell people the good news and to love on people around the world is really the mission of what the business is doing. So the real estate is the what, but that's really the why. So we really wanted to put that out there front and center and have people recognize like, hey, these guys are investing with purpose, meaning there's something else behind that. And maybe those people want to do that as well. So through some prayers, like just do 1% of the next deal. And that was it. We started with one, we're a tithing company. So we give 10% back to the church, but then 1% past the tithe. It was like 2,500 bucks that first that we did it. The next deal, we did 2%. The next deal, we did 4%. The next deal we did seven and a half percent, I think. And the last deal we sold was 13% of our company proceeds past the tithe was given away. And that was a $60 million exit. So we're just trying to continue to grow in every year and every deal that we do. And we like to give till it hurts. So out of the profits, like we know we need to make more to give more. The goal of the BHAG is to reverse tithe at some point, right? And live off of the 10 and give 90. So you say invest with purpose. And for some of us that are, like you mentioned, are followers of Christ, right? Call ourselves Christian. That purpose may be easier for us to envision, but for those who maybe have not grown up in a house or know Christ personally, I'm sure you have these conversations. I'm sure you go to a lot of these events and people ask you, man, investing with purpose, how do you help them connect those dots? So it's amazing that it took this happening in business for me to apply it to the rest of my life, but that's exactly what happened. We hired a coach and they came in they said, okay, you guys have to write your mission statement. Okay. So we did a company mission statement. From there, you have to come up with your core values. And so now we have a family mission statement as well and a family core value set. And then we have our business and they're very closely aligned, but getting to your core values and really understanding why you do what you do, what's the driver? 
right? There's the seven layers of why. It's like, well, I want to create passive income. Why? I want to be home with my family more. Why? Well, my dad left when I was three and I want to be a present father. Cool. Why? Right? You keep going down and you start to really understand what your why and what your purpose is. And it's a good exercise. And do this with your wife or your spouse or your business partner if you have one. But you can sit down right by yourself and throw down some things like, what do I value? Ask yourself those seven layers of why and really come up with four or five things that are your core tenants, your core values. And then align your everything with those things, right? We tell our employees when they get hired, hey, we hire, fire, promote, and demote on these five core values, right? Everything that we do is based on these five core values. Same thing. Kids, they know these are our core values, like a violation can't kick kids out of the family, but you know that you wait, you can't fired if you violate the core value. So I think it's important for people to just sit down and go through that exercise and create those core values and then align, make sure that you're, how can we continue to give more abundantly and more abundantly and more abundantly? Well, you have to multiply resources if you're going to be able to do that, right? So those two things I think have historically been disconnected, but we believe that they're intrinsically linked. The more money that we make, the more we can give, the more impact that we can make, right? I know that I wasn't called to go be a missionary on the front lines and digging wells in Africa, but God gave me a gift of business and stewardship in the way that we can go and write the checks for the people that are on the front lines. So whenever we make a decision about where we're going to spend money, and this is not you know like a hard and fast rule, like, hey, you can't do this because it goes against your Christian worldview. It's just, are we mindful of it? And I don't think a lot of times we are, right? We're trying to figure out how do we multiply, but are we multiplying? I mean, the Bible also says that you shouldn't take part in any profit that profits from wickedness, right? So I'll look up the scripture on it, but it's something to the effect of like, don't have any part of like non-godly deeds or ungodly deeds. Okay. So when we make a decision to invest in something, is that person aligned with our core values, number one? Is the investment aligned with the core values, number two? And will it give me the best rate of return on my capital so that we can continue to fund more core value-driven things? So when we're stewarding, and we steward not just other people's money that invest with us, right? But we're stewarding the tenants. We have over 980 families on one property. So we're talking about thousands of families around the country that we are stewarding the property for them as well. So like, when we hear bad reports about one thing, like we want to make sure that we're trying to fix it as best we can, not just for the rate of retirement, but there's people, there's human beings living. We partner with a company called Apartment Life, where we give an apartment in all the complexes that we own for somebody to come in and live there for free. And they work locally, but they're there to create culture and create community and love on people. Single mom comes home from the hospital with a baby. She goes and drops off diapers and wipes and maybe a $25 laundry gift card or something. So they, you know, the first couple of weeks of transition aren't as brutal as bringing home a baby is when you're a single mom that week. We're doing movies under the stars and letting the kids come out and watch Shrek in the courtyard, like just little things, right? But they add up to create that community because that aligns with our core values. So I think when we're thinking through how am I investing and where is my money going and okay, so what makes the master say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now I'm going to give you all the money to go do stuff with because it's been dealt with really well. How are those things all intersect? That's exactly the word that was coming to my mind was that you're intersecting where those core values then lead to how you're going to steward them well. And I think leading to the last point is connecting those same investments to match your plan and to match your core values. So talk a little bit about like your experience that may have driven you to this point of 
where do you give and how do you decide who you're going to give to and stuff like that, along with some of the ways that people who have invested with you have woken up to the idea that maybe where they were investing wasn't aligned with their ultimate core values. Yeah. I think the aha moment for me was it can be both, right? We can do both things, which is leave a legacy that we want to leave for our kids, but also build an eternal legacy in heaven by funding nonprofits around the world. And like I said, that first year we gave like 2,500 bucks. Last year, we funded over 28 different nonprofits around the world and impacted over 230,000 lives through that giving. Right. And then it's interesting because every time I say 230,000, I feel like it's such a big number that it almost gets lost in how impactful it is because that number includes feeding 15,000 Nicaraguan children every single day that otherwise would not eat. Right. That number includes 15 Ukrainian girls that were in the basement of a house where the guy left and they were between 12 and 18 years old and at a very high risk of getting trafficked when they tried to leave that house. We sent special forces guys in there that called us and asked us to write a check with vans and bulletproof blankets to wrap the girls in to go scoop them out and exit them from the country. And then they got a blacked out photo of them all at a halfway house at 15 of 230,000 lives. So you start to listen to some of the stories of what these nonprofits are able to do with the generosity of their donors. And man, it fires us up. We get so pumped. We're always looking at the reports. We just got off of an underwriting call with the mastermind group of how are we analyzing these deals? It's like, cool, I need to analyze this deal because we need to maximize the profit in it so that not only our investors make the best return that they can, but that we can give a little bit more to these organizations that need a lot of help. There's no shortage of need in the world. They're doing really good work. How do we fund that work? Like, I'm not going to fly over and go do X, Y, or Z, but we can fund the companies that are doing the work. So yeah, it's such an important thing to start to think through, are my investments impacting the world in the way that I want. And this comes up a lot with Wall Street investors that come to us and they start looking at alternative assets like real estate. And they're like, I had a conversation with this one lady. She's a retired pastor and her all of her money was in this 401k from her. And we went through and I was like, do you know what you're invested in? She's like, yeah, I'm in the Vanguard 100 fund. I'm like, cool. She's like, it's returning really well. I'm like, cool. Do you want to know what companies are in the Vanguard 100 fund? And she said, sure. So we looked it up and went through and lo and behold, it's an $18 billion fund or something like that, right? So it holds a lot of different companies in it. But the top 30 holdings were all companies that I would argue are antithetical to her worldview, meaning they promote agendas politically or fund political parties or different agendas that are not lined with her fate. She had no idea. She almost fell out of her chair. Well, your financial advisor is not going to tell you that. Like he's not going to say, hey, what are your core values? And let's make sure that the companies we're investing in align with them. It's not his job. So I think a lot of aha moments come from digging in and going, now I can't unring the bell. Now it's almost everything that I do has a spotlight on it because of me teaching other people, one, that that is something that they should be looking at. But two, like, is there an alternative, right? Is there an alternative of this company that produces X? that this company produces why it's a very similar product, but I'd rather buy that product because it aligns with my world or there, you know. So once you start to see it and just depends how far you want to take it is your investments, your purchases, all of those things, are they aligning? Or at least a percentage of your portfolio. Now you know that we're saving kids from sex trafficking in, you know, in the Philippines. 
So do you know you can get a double digit return while we double digit give to organizations like that? So not only like our monthly statements out to investors say, here's what the finances look like at all the properties. Here's what the nonprofits have done that you helped us fund. And it creates impact. So Stephen, are there other ways, maybe outside of charitable, that maybe the investments that you're making can have an impact, even maybe just inside your own family? Yeah. I mean, so I just had this conversation this morning about like, what's the new limit from the accountant that I can pay my kids to work for my business? So that limit is like 15,000, I think this year. So I can pay my kids from the business. And as long as it's not over that threshold of 15,5, I think it is, it's not taxable. There's no tax due to it. So then we take that money and I did a video called Millionaire Kids. And that money now gets invested alongside of us into the fund where I know based on our rates of return historically, when my daughter, by investing this $15,000, will turn it into a million dollars. And we do that for all the kids. I mean, you can take that $15,000 and what we'll do this year is buy additional policies for each of the kids, right? Well, life policies, and then take that and borrow against it and then invest in the fund. So now we have it working in multiple places and it's tax-free to the business because it's a payroll write-off from the business end. So yeah, I mean, investing in your kids and their future over time, and then the impact that that creates for them is immeasurable. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. What you're talking about, are today and it gets me fired up because impact is i think i'm going to change my middle name to impact like that's how how much i love that word i mean i'm going to change it from stallion to impact but the point is is you're talking about man the world is so much bigger and we have such a much bigger mission than we have just to make money grow right money grow that's one piece of the puzzle that's being a good steward and taking and, and multiplying dollars we're called to that. Yep. But at the same time, you pointed out that you were necessarily called to be the one to go to all these places and be on the front lines. But it was part of God's plan for you to be here growing money the way that you have to support people that are on the front line. It is a equal calling and you get to be a part of that. And I love this because we talk so much about financial freedom on the show. And to be honest, there's an element of that that makes me nervous because some people may get caught up in the idea that financial freedom is what I've always been looking for. If I mm-hmm. could just have more passive income than I have monthly expenses, everything would be right with the world. And the truth of the matter is without spiritual freedom, without seeing that like God has called us into so much more, there's so much more fulfillment when I put my trust in him and subsequently then bought into his mission and his worldview, like there's no way that it can compare with just having financial success. Those things have to be coexisting. Otherwise, you're going to be left unfulfilled. Yeah. Money only solves money problems. So we can focus on the passive income and we should, but again, it comes down to the seven layers of why. I want to create passive income so that I can. Why? What are you looking to do? What's the purpose behind it? Because if that's the goal, You'll be at the finish line going, well, now what? You'll still be the same unfulfilled person that you were when you started the journey because that can't be the why. That can be the reason that we're doing it. And a lot of people, I've gone to enough masterminds where everybody stands up, they do their 10-minute presentation of like, this is what my wins, losses, and struggles have been. And everybody starts the slide with a picture of their family and like, this is my why. Is it? I mean, the great entrepreneurial lie is that we work 80 hours a week so that we can make our family priority while not prioritizing our family. So like, yeah, I know that it's your why. I know that you want to take care of and provide for them. What else? 
Do you want to show your kids what it looks like to be generous? Do you want to show your kids what it looks like to love people? Well, cool. How many times in your past life have you heard, I want to make a lot of money so I could go love people? Like my kids understand that theory. I haven't heard that a lot where people are going, yeah, I want to make a lot of money so that I could go love people better. Like, well, how do you do that? Well, drive around your neighborhood and see somebody's roof who's fallen off. Go to a local church, knock on the door and say, hey, that lady's roof has fallen off. I'm going to pay for it. You're going to go do the donating. I don't even want her to know that I did it. Can you go do that? Right? Go walk around the Target parking lot and see who needs new tires. I mean, you can love on people when you have a fat check. No doubt. So talk to us about that. Everything you're saying, people are like, wow, this is really impactful. And I can see how I want to be a part of something like this. And so obviously- they could invest with purpose with you, right? That's one thing they could do. But what are some other practical things you think that people could take action right now to tie this impact with their worldview? Yeah. So we use a company called Waterstone to do a donor advised fund. A donor advised fund is simply a giving strategy. It's a vehicle for giving. So right now, if you're donating to a cause, you're probably writing a check. And at the end of the year, they're going to send you that tax receipt that you file with your taxes. I always lose half of them because it's not highly detailed. So we have a family donor advised fund and then we have the business. The family donor advised fund is where I give to my local church, my tithes, and then offerings, which is over and above that, like wherever we want to donate Samaritan's Purse or my kids just wanted to save some gorillas in, I think, South Africa. And I was like, okay, so we get the kids involved in the giving aspect too, right? We'll sit down and say, hey, we have some extra money in the donor advised fund. Where do you want it to go? We're in the process of buying backpacks right now. It's back to school day. So you can start a family donor advised fund and you'll contribute to it. It's a tax write-off immediately when it hits the donor advised fund. And then you make recommendations as to where you want that money to go. So you can choose your organizations. So different donor advised funds have different policies. So you can look at a Waterstone as a Christian one. So you would only be able to donate to things that align with those values. But if right, I'm sure the gorillas Christians or how did that work? The gorillas were not against Christian <laughs> values. Okay. I didn't know if that was a Christian organization, you know, like you know, gorilla, gorillas with scripture memory, uh, yeah. dot com or they something like that. Be angry and do not sit, you know, but uh, just like, that's what I would want to know if I came face to face with the gorilla, you know, be mad at me, but you tear me apart. (laughs) For real. So I think that's a very practical step is like you can start targeting. And for me, I like it because at the end of the year, I just print out that one tax receipt and it just gives me a grand total of all the giving that we've done. So it's easy to give to the accountant. I don't have to wait for stuff in the mail or lose it or. So I think practically that's a good way to get involved like with local organizations or whatever. You can just do your giving through that donor advice. And then for the business, same thing. We interview new nonprofits every single quarter. We have a quarterly board meeting. We go through the new nonprofits that we're vetting and just make sure that their core values align with our core values. And I think that's a difficult thing sometimes. Is there's no shortage of need. I mean, man, we have amazing organizations that are like next up. We haven't started funding them yet because we're still waiting on new closings and new income and whatever, but I'm so excited to start funding them because their core values are so heavily aligned with ours. So it's um, being able to vet those organizations. The Donor Advice Fund is cool too, because they do that. They'll go and check on 501c3 statuses, making sure that all the paperwork is. So they do background checks on all the organizations for you, and then you can choose where you want to donate. So I think between that and then just starting to recognize, do my investments align? right? That's kind of the first step is let's go through the core values, 
maybe let's look at, there's some cool organizations out there, FinTech being one of them, where you can go to fintech.com, you can see what mutual funds you're invested in and what companies are inside of them. Oftentimes, your financial advisor will just give you the historical rates of return and then ask people like, hey, if I'm going to invest with your organization, where is that going? What are we trying to do here? So like we can still give great return, but are we doing Shrek movie under the stars? Like, is everybody doing that? Probably not. But the economics on that, by the way, are insane. Like I actually had one guy say this to me on a call. He was like, you give one of the apartment units to this organization so that they can house somebody there for free. He's like, you guys must be making too much money. And I said, well, the economics on it actually are significantly better with that given away unit versus the complexes that we have without it. And it's counterintuitive, right? A lot of biblical knowledge is, but the culture and community that it creates, the lease turnover reduces by over 50% on all of those properties. People don't leave. Wow. And it's much more expensive to get a new client or a new tenant than it is to keep an old one. So yeah, the economics really work too, but we're also loving on people, which is pretty cool. I love that. So Steven, thank you again for being willing to come on today and being such an awesome part of our community and our mastermind. For folks that want to get to know you, connect with you in some way outside of our app, I know everybody can get you there. What yep. would you want them to go to learn more? Yeah. Investingwithpurpose.org is great. You can kind of see some of the all of the nonprofits that we're funding. And you can also see the portfolios that we're having. People always ask, you know, how does that affect my return profile if we invest with you? And it doesn't, it just comes out of our company side. So the limited partners that invest with us, they're not affected, but I'd like to tell people you're not affected financially, but we hope that you're affected spiritually because you're really the reason that we can continue to grow and to give to these organizations and help people out. That's because of our investors. So they can go to that website. I'm on LinkedIn, but Catch us on the Wealth.Wall Street app is probably the easiest. I've been getting so much better at being on there a lot. Dude, you're top of the class, bro. I appreciate you so much. And folks, thank you again for being willing to come on here and invest in yourself. And I pray that this is actually a way for you to expand your horizons on what's possible as you align your core values with how you invest. If you found value today, please rate and review the show. That's how we can continue to get this word out and uh, give people a true path to financial freedom. Thanks again. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Investing with Purpose podcast. If you're finding value, would you leave us a review and share this with your friends and go to investingwithpurpose.org to learn more about how to partner with us and to learn more about the nonprofits that we support around the world.